Well, good afternoon, everyone. Happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. This is The Chat, and I am thrilled and happy and almost beyond words to have in studio with me today a longtime friend of mine, a mentor, somebody I've admired and many people in this area are already familiar with, and I'm just glad that we get to visit with him today and you get to hear a lot about his life. My good friend, Jim Rogers. Jim, good afternoon, sir. Well, good afternoon. It's good to see you, Dwight. Good to see you. And I, I really meant every word of that. I uh, I just appreciate getting to spend this time with you. And, and, and some of these things uh, that we're going to talk about, I know already. Some of them I, I don't know. So I'm yeah. interested in learning some more. And I know our audience is going to just be encouraged by learning more about Jim Rogers and how you have spent and are spending your life. So thank you yeah. so much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Jim, as uh, as many of you listening already know, has been in ministry for I don't know how. When do you remember? Do you remember two questions? Do you remember how you decided that God was calling you to this? And do you remember your first sermon, where you were, and how it happened? Talk oh, about yes. that. Yes, I, I remember it very well. Um, the idea of being called to ministry was something that was foreign to me. I knew that all Christians are are called to ministry. But I did not know or believe that uh, there is a particular call for ministers. That was what I grew up believing. And so uh, the reason, the real reason, to tell you the truth, why I went into ministry was that uh, I got acquainted with some fellows in a Bible college who were Bible students, who were students for the ministry, and they came to the church where I was attending, and when our minister would be out of town, they would fill in. And, oh, they dressed nicely, and and uh, they seemed to enjoy their work. And, and here I was seriously dating a girl that I eventually married, and I knew I had to make a living somehow. And I thought, uh, this looks like something I could do. <laughs> and so I decided to go into the ministry without the particular call okay. of ministry, except that all Christians are called to ministry. And I served in that capacity for a number of years. And then I began to realize that God was calling me in a special way that I could not get away from. You know, let me ask you, I want to park there. You have you hit on something that is foundational and critical to the Christian walk. The Bible does say that we are all ministers of reconciliation. That's what it says. Let's talk about what that means to every Christian listening to this broadcast today. Well, there are people who, I have a good friend who, who maintains that the only call that a person ever gets is the general call that goes to everybody. But you you can take examples from the Old Testament, like Samuel was called when when he was just a very small boy. His mother took him uh, to the the priest's yeah. office and uh, and turned him over there because he had this call on his life and he lived up to it. But he's not the only one. There are people like Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah 1, verses 4 and 5, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was called by the Lord 
before his mother and daddy ever came together and conceived him. Wow. And I don't consider it arrogance, don't mean it as arrogance, when I say that I believe the Lord God called me before my mother and daddy came together and conceived me. And not only that, I believe that the Lord God called my wife to be my wife even before she was conceived in the womb of her parents. That is, I, I believe that, too. I believe that, too. I mean, you, because you know what? Isn't it wonderful that we serve, Jim, an all-knowing God? Amen. And while he doesn't force us into his plan for our lives, he has one, and it's the very best way we can live our lives. Amen. Yeah. Why go a different way when you know what the Lord wants you to do? Yeah. And I knew eventually what the Lord had called me to do. So you operated in this, what you have referred to, this kind of general calling that all Christians have for a while. And then you believed in your heart that there was something in addition to that, something, uh, some, some other step that you needed to take. Talk about that period in your life. Or talk about how you, how, how, how you knew that and the steps that you took toward that. All right. I was a devout churchman. There's a difference in being a Christian and a churchman. You can go to church. You can go to church all your life and never be a Christian. And I think I was kind of in that condition. Uh, I I wouldn't miss church, but I thought I was right about everything, and 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 everyone else was wrong exactly to the extent that they disagreed with me. God and God and I were. <laughs> You had it. Oh, yeah. And it's real simple. If they disagreed with you, they were wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) They had to be right to be wrong if they wanted to, right? Yeah, that's true. But then, um, uh, as you know, I met this uh, little girl, and uh, she was 13, and I was 14 years of age, and and, uh, she called on, called, she invited me to skate at the skating rink one Saturday night, and that's how we met. And uh, I have often told her that she was the best person I ever met in my life. Now, that little girl died 14 months ago this week. But when I met her, uh, I, I became infatuated with her. And by the time I turned 15 years of age, I um, I knew that if I could ever catch her at a weak moment when I was old enough to get married, that I was gonna I was gonna have her as my wife. <laughs> I love that. Well, love we that. we married. We were freshmen in college, and I was 19 and she was 18, and we were both virgins. That was not my idea; it was altogether hers. Because she was the best person I've ever met. She's the only woman I've ever been with. But I love her dearly to this day. But she had a tremendous influence on me following the path that I knew the Lord wanted me to follow. And Jim, I want to pick it up right there, okay? Uh, 
and follow talk about that influence and talk about her more and talk about step that you took as you moved on into God's calling on your life. Glad you're with us today. My guest is Jim Rogers. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back on the chat. Happy to have you with us. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, along with my guest, Jim Rogers. Jim, you were just talking about moving from a general calling to a specific calling. You were talking about a young lady that you met at a skating rink when you were 13 years old. You ended up marrying. Uh, she went to be with the Lord, what, 14 months ago. Yeah. I, I want to I spend some time, uh, and you, you mentioned she had a tremendous influence on your life. And, and I know, um, and you did marry her. And how long were you married? We were married one month shy of 65 years. 65 years. Yeah. And 14 months ago, she went to be with the Lord. Right. She had Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Tell, you know, and I always love the way that since I've known you, you so affectionately referred to her. When you talked about her, you would always call her My Molly. Right. My Molly. Talk about My Molly and the impact she had on you and the life you had together. All right. Let me back up. Now, actually, I was 14 and she was 13 when we met. Okay. But um, so she married an older man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I dated her. You know, couldn't drive, so we would catch the bus in Jackson, Tennessee, and ride that bus to Bemis, a southern suburb of Jackson, and go skating, and would do that every Saturday night. And um, I knew I was crazy about that girl, and I had an idea she was as crazy about me as I was her. And so the day I turned 16 years old and able to get my driver's license, my dad had me at the highway patrol office to get my driver's license when they opened that morning. <laughs> you're because, 16 in a few hours, and you're ready to drive. Right. And and the reason I was anxious to drive, I wanted to get that sweetheart of mine in that car because I was going to be a regular Genghis Khan. <laughs> I was going to be the conqueror. Oh, yeah. And so that night that I got my driver's license, I took the car, and I got her, and I headed out to a country road, and we were going to park. And she didn't like that. And she let me know she didn't like that. And and I got out there, and I commenced an old country word there. I commenced, commenced yeah. to— <laughs> To conquer, only I wasn't getting very far. She said, I think we need to get something straight right now. She said, you know, my parents don't go to church. And I said, yeah, I know that. She said, but you know that I get up by myself every Sunday morning, and I, I get myself dressed for church, and I walk a long ways by myself to get to church, after church is over, I walk by myself to get home. Do you know why I did that? I said, well, why? And she said, it's because I'm desperately trying to be a Christian, a real Christian. And she said, because I'm trying to be a Christian, I intend to be a virgin when I get married. If you think I'm not worth waiting for, maybe you'd better look somewhere else. And my raging hormones did not sit too well with yeah. with her principles. But I got home that night, and I got to thinking about it. Uh, you know, there were other girls who could have calmed my raging harm, hormones. Yeah. But I thought, this is the kind of girl I need to be with for the rest of my life. And that's why a few years later, 
when we were old enough to get married that she was the one that I chose, and thankfully she chose me. Wow. And you got married when you were how old now? I was 19, and she was 18, and we were freshmen in college. And she was the only, I guess she was the only girl you ever really dated, right? Or, or went out with, and, and, and that's where, I mean, you, but you knew from the beginning she was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really the only girl I ever dated. Yeah, wow. And then you got married, and you were married 65, just short of 65 years. Right, one month short of 65 years. And, and they were great years. Um, I, I look back on it with no regrets yeah. uh, because she was, she was a great, great person. How did you happen to start to call her my Molly? Oh. Is that something you did early on in your relationship? Well, she was given at birth the name Mary Jane. Oh, okay. And, and we moved to Michigan for two reasons. I was going to be going to school up there at, uni- at university, but also uh, I was going to be preaching for a church in the little city of Martinsville, which is 30 miles south of Indianapolis, between Indianapolis and where Indian University is located in Bloomington. And uh, as uh, my thinking, I'm having troubles with my getting my thoughts together. No, you already have. we got the, plenty the, of time. The audience probably doesn't know that you're talking to an 85-year-old man here. So, <laughs> so I hope they'll excuse me for having mental lapses along the way. But I moved up there to uh, to go to school and to service that church and to finish some college work. And uh, I did my best that I knew at that time to preach for that church. But it was not a very successful enterprise. Um, I stayed there for three years and moved back to Jackson, Tennessee, my hometown, and served a church there and continued going to school. My Molly dropped out of college after one year in order to put me through. So she was working and I was going to school trying to learn something, but uh, my professors didn't have much to work with. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they had a lot more to work with than you'll admit. You were trying to learn something, and so you're and and so you're in Jackson at that point in time. But she continues to encourage you, and she dropped she she dropped out of college uh, to support you, so you could continue to go. Yeah. She knew, she realized more than I did that I had a call on my life. And uh, so she was, she was behind the scenes urging me on, and she made it possible for me to go to school. Um, and I do believe that the Lord had the call on my life. I, I want to read you Psalm 139 and verse 16, where it says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. The Lord knew David before David was conceived. And I've been convinced that he knew me. Not only that, but he knew you. 
he knew each of these listeners to this program before they were conceived in the womb. He has an assignment for each of us, and we need to live up to that assignment. My guest today on the chat is my good friend, Jim Rogers. We're back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Delighted to have in studio with me today my longtime friend, Jim Rogers. Jim, we were talking about uh, your, your the lady you called my Molly, married to almost 65 years, went to be with the Lord 14 months ago. She drops out of college to support you. You continue to go. You continue to ministry. Pick it up from there. The thing that the thing that I and, and I don't I don't remember Jim since I got to this part of the state not knowing you. I remember <laughs> I got here in the as a student in the seventies and I knew who you were uh, pretty quickly after that. Although I don't know we met and got to know each other, but I mean the circles all began to move in. You know, uh, your name would just come up often. Uh, because you and and so and you have ministered to multiplied hundreds of the year, not just from the pulpit, but just your life and one on one and mentoring people, people, and and you've been you've 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 mentored what I said before we went on the air under a lot of shingles, and you're happy, and I think we can learn so much about that from you because we we have a you know it. it as long as we have Jesus Christ as the weight of God in common, we got a basis for fellowship, you know, regardless of the shingle almost. Talk up talk about your 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 period of time in ministering and, and, and how that worked for you. Yeah, and I I have preached for many different kinds of churches and I don't mean to be the regular pulpit ministry, yeah. but um I I've preached in churches from New York to California and, and from the Great Lakes to the the Gulf, in all kinds of churches, because they would hear something about me and and they would invite me to come and speak to them, and it doesn't matter to me what kind of a church it is. I'll go and talk if I get an opportunity to, because I'm going to talk about Jesus. Yeah, and if if they are welcome, if they will welcome Jesus there, then they will welcome me there. I was talking to you a minute ago about uh, how my Molly came to to be my Molly. She started out as Mary Jane, and when we got up north, people did not like those double names, and they would call her, her name was Mary Jane, and they would call her Mary Jane, <laughs> and she hated that, yeah. and and she would, she would often say to me, I don't like being called Mary Jane, and my mother had a dear friend by the name of Molly Lander. She was a wonderful lady, and she was world-class in two things. She could out-eat anybody, (laughs) and she could out-talk anybody, and she could do both at the same time without missing a beat either. And her name was Molly. And so my Molly, Mary Jane, had been on a diet ever since I'd met her, and she was the <laughs> quietest person I'd ever met. So she's the antithesis of this lady by the name of Molly. Sure. So as a joke, I started calling her Molly. Well, the people in Michigan picked up on that. They loved that name Molly. Oh, yeah. And so she became Molly, and we came back to Tennessee, and when I introduced her, I did not introduce her as my wife, Mary Jane, but I introduced her as my wife, Molly. Yeah. And so she was, from that point on, my Molly. My Molly. And I know you, and I always thought there was something really special 
when I heard you, I would hear you call her. I mean, I, every time you referred to her, uh, you know, that I'd been around, you it was my Molly. And there's just something about my, she's my Molly. I mean, every every husband needs to feel that way about his wife. My Kathy, my whomever, whatever the name is, you know. I love that. Well, you know, she she wasn't really mine, but the Lord let me claim her. <laughs> she really was his, and she let me know that yeah. uh, because she belonged to the Lord. Yeah. From from the day I met her, if I told you all about her, you would think I was exaggerating. But I knew never knew of her saying a bad word about anybody. In 65 years of marriage, plus we dated five years before marriage, I never heard her tell a lie. And you can't say that about many people you've known for 65 years. No. So she was a good person. And she was uh, your wife, love of your life, your, your, your motivation, your encourager in the ministry, your helpmate, all the above in terms of where your life continued to go from that point. I always wondered why the Lord would leave me here and take her when she was such a good person. And from all indications, the Lord has something left for me to do. And I think that that's something he wants me to do is to encourage people who are thinking about getting married and people who are married about taking this thing seriously to realize that the Lord wants to be involved in your marriage. Yeah. And uh, and that's how we were. We realized that the Lord was involved in our marriage. And so I encourage people to do that. I'm working on some books at this time. They won't be major books, not big books, but to encourage young people who are contemplating marriage and people who are in a marriage that's not doing great. So, and you mentioned earlier, 85 years young, your wife went to be with the Lord 14 months ago, but here you are, the Lord, Jim, still gives you vision about the way to impact and influence lives for him while you're on this work. It's, it's not over till it's over, is it? And you're right, God's got stuff for you to do. Amen. And I know he, that's why he took her and not me. Um, and you know something else? I have to thank the Lord that he took my sweetheart when he did. He took her one month before the the virus, the coronavirus, hit this area so hard. If she had lived another month, I would not have been able to be with her in the nursing home when she died. Wow. But That's true. She she died on February the 15th of of the year 2000, if she had lived another 30 days, I could not have been with her when she died. So I know where she is. I know where she is not because she was such a good person. I know where she is because of the grace of God. If not for the grace of God, she would be in hell. But by the grace of God, I know that she's in heaven. She had given her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And she's part of your future. Amen. Part of your future. I'm looking forward to being with her. 
Jim, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna do uh, uh, another show together, and I just want to pick it, pick it up right where we left off there. There's so much I want to pick your brain about. It's so good to see you. So good to be with you in this setting. So good to see your smiling face. So good to know that God still has things for you to do and putting vision in your heart. And uh, I, I look forward to continuing the conversation. My guest on the chat has been Jim Rogers. So glad you're with us. Join us next week, same time, for the chat on News Talk 94.1 and AM 1600.